Thank you for listening to The Leader. We bring the best news, opinion and analysis to you every day at 4pm. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss out. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Barsland. The campaigning remains frantic, but have the Conservatives really got this election all wrapped up? Well, if you'll listen to Boris Johnson, he'll tell you he's taking nothing for granted. And if you listen to Rishi Sunak, his cabinet minister, Rishi is saying, oh, oh, it's tight, it's really tight. Well, it doesn't look that tight to me, does it? Our political editor, Joe Murphy, speaks to the leader as polls suggest a comfortable majority for Boris Johnson. Also... A 27-day strike may not be enough for the RMT. They're threatening to keep the Southwestern Railway row going after the new year. And... There are really, really extraordinary charities out there who are increasingly under incredible strain. Dame Helen Mirren was among nearly 2,000 people at a sleepout for homeless charities, and so was the standard. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, are the Tories on course to win their biggest majority since Margaret Thatcher? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 30, 35, 40... Not the size of a Tory majority being measured, but fish counting at Grimsby Market, where the Prime Minister was campaigning earlier. It's an opportunity here to look at one of the ways in which this country will be able to uh, take back control of a massive industry once we get Brexit done in January. Boris Johnson's hitting Labour strongholds in the final days of this election. He says he's taking nothing for granted, despite a Servation poll showing him with a 14-point lead and a Press Association poll of polls has the Tories taking 43% with Labour on 33 and the Lib Dems on 13. That would give Mr Johnson nearly 350 seats and a majority of around 40. But in the Evening Standard, pollster Ben Page says a late swing from the Conservatives can't be ruled out, and neither can a hung parliament. Our editorial column says one city could make a big difference. London. It's the London battles which could turn out to matter. A key one involves the Lib Dems. Remember what was supposed to happen? They were going to get their break in the capital. They brought in big-name candidates, some of them MPs who had moved from other parties and hoped to win seats from third place. Now, that looks like hubris. The party's able London candidates have been let down by a clunker of a campaign from Joe Swinson, who is catching up with Jeremy Corbyn fast in the race to be the least popular main party leader. What about the Conservatives in London? Well, 
don't rule out that unexpected thing in a pro-EU London, a Tory advance. Our poll last week showed Labour ahead in the capital, but by a lot less than it was in 2017, which gives the Conservative Party hopes of picking up seats. But they might lose them too. Our political editor Joe Murphy's in Westminster. Joe, how close is this election? Well, if you listen to Boris Johnson, he'll tell you he's taking nothing for granted. And if you listen to Rishi Sunak, his cabinet minister, Rishi is saying, oh, oh it's tight, it's really tight. Well, mm, it doesn't look that tight to me, does it? It's uh, The Tories are probably 10 points ahead, possibly 14 points ahead, according to Servation today. Um, they're a good way up on the average of the polls that I'm looking at from the sort of 7% lead at which point you start saying mm, this could be really close Is there any way for Labour to come back with such a short time frame left? There, well there is a, a possibility that um, bearing in mind there's a 4 percentage point margin of error in most polls that the gap is small enough for Labour to come back There's also a possibility as in last time that the pollsters have underestimated the Labour share because there are sort of first-time, second-time Labour voters that they don't really get their their hooks into in the, with the radar. Um, but failing that, I think it's looking increasingly hard. Three days of campaigning left. Um, Labour's big speech today was all delivered by John McDonnell, literally as though... This is, assuming we win, I'm going to go out there on Friday, give orders to the Permanent Secretary at the Treasury, and then orders to the Office for Budget Regulation. Um, But behind that veneer of confidence, I'm detecting some worry that they are, in fact, never going to make up the lost time in just three days. Are there things that could affect Boris Johnson's current lead. I mean, today, for example, he's been out campaigning, but a lot of it's been dominated about this story about a young boy with pneumonia who was left on a hospital floor. Can that sort of thing change people's minds? Boris was being interviewed today by um, one of ITV News' reporters and who tried to show him a photograph of the boy, Jack Willamont Bear. And Boris Johnson pushed away the phone and then took it and put it in his pocket. Um, and uh, the reporter had to ask him for his phone back. Now, Jeremy Corbyn's making hay with this, saying that Boris Johnson can't even bear to look in the face of the boy who's been so let down. This is going to run for another day, at least, as a story, Um, and it could well be the sort of thing that just makes people think, perhaps we should be voting on a different ground to Brexit, like on the grounds of public services. And this, of course, also is why the Tories have spent so many months saying they're going to pour money into the NHS in an attempt to neutralise what they always knew would be the biggest sort of landmine issue or banana skin on the way to the polling booths. Is this one of those elections where turnout will make a difference? Are we expecting a big turnout? Turnout always makes a huge difference, especially in the case of whether you get a big Labour turnout or a small Labour turnout. That seems to be where the vote is slightly softer. Um, Turnout of Lib Dem supporters is going to be even more crucial. The polling, if you read between the lines on certainty to vote, you find that the softest vote is the Lib Dem vote at the moment. Um, And then things can be affected by mistakes. Mistakes always create a temporary sort of 
buzz that can affect people. Um, Boris Johnson, a lovely quote on the campaign trail today, very revealing. He said uh, when he was being pestered with questions about policy, well, he said, I, I, I'm under pressure not to extemporise policy on the hoof, by which I think I understand that Lyndon Crosby's on the other end of a telephone giving him a carpeting every time he tries to answer questions that there isn't a very strictly prepared line and where are the Liberal Democrats in this? We've got three really interesting London polls today. They're Delta polls of Kensington, Finchley and Golders Green and cities of London and Westminster where the Lib Dems have fielded their new stars, Chukramana, Sam Jima and Luciana Berger, and they're hoping to rattle up, overtake Labour and beat the Tories in Tory held at one point, and in the case of Kensington, currently Labour held seats. Um, these polls are not great news for that trio. In each seat, the Tories are ahead. In one of the seats, Kensington, the Liberal Democrats are a couple of points behind Labour's Emmerdent Code. So it's going to be tough. It would take enormous tactical voting for the Liberal Democrats to actually achieve the victories there that they've been hoping for. Next. The 27-day rail strike that could go on even longer. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. A bit like an advent calendar, commuters have been counting down the 27 days until the end of the RMT's strike against South Western Railway, but it may not end on New Year's Day as announced. The union's executive committee is ready to meet to consider more action if an agreement can't be reached. Our editorial column says the government should step in. Let's be clear about what's happening. Passengers are being held hostage by a hard-left wrecking force. There's no reason for this strike. The union claims guards should keep shutting train doors, even though drivers have been doing this elsewhere since British Rail days, and it's safer. What's really happening is that the union is enforcing its power to stop services from running, unless they are bought off. It's been trying this for years and passengers keep suffering. After the election, the transport secretary needs to act. If the RMT won't see sense, then the power to strike on the railways needs to be curbed. That story was covered in our morning audio news bulletins, which you can get through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. Now. Trafalgar Square became a sea of sleeping bags at the weekend as thousands of Londoners swapped warm beds for a night of rough sleeping. They were taking part in the Big Sleep, which was raising money for homeless charities. People there included Dame Helen Mirren and The Standard's own journalists, Hattie Brewis and Naomi Ackerman. Naomi, what was it like? Well, it was, it was actually genuinely really inspiring meeting these amazing Londoners and all the other people who worked for it, the charities and the celebrities that gave their time to basically spend their Saturday night in the freezing cold, um, 
I, in some way, like emulating what the awful times rough sleepers, rough sleepers go through, um, just to try and raise awareness and raise money. And um, it was Trafalgar Square as like we'd never seen it before. Yeah, there were a lot of people there, weren't there, Harry? And it was pretty poor weather. It was raining. It was cold. I got there in the morning and there were a lot of people shaking out there. So one person said to me, um, you know, it's good that it rained because it gives us more of an indication of what people go through every night. And one thing I was quite struck by was people not kind of congratulating themselves the following day, but sort of saying, this is just like a flavor of what these people go through. But it's not even, you know, we're not even scraping the surface because ultimately being in Trafalgar Square at this event, we had security, you know, it was kind of cordoned off. People couldn't just come in and they were like, but someone sleeping at a bus stop, they don't know who's going to approach them. They don't, you know, so it's, it's, it, it was a great event, but people acknowledged that it was it was done out of solidarity, but it wasn't a true, you know, reflection of what people go through every single day. But there were lots of people there, celebrities there. I mean, I, I'm talking about Helen Moon being a celebrity, which is probably icon. substantially. The icon is a much better word for Helen Moon. And you two managed to get a, a couple of words with her. What did she say? She was brilliant. She's been a supporter of our campaign from the start. Um, and we talked to her a little bit about what we asked her why she was doing it and we talked a little bit about our campaign and stuff and she she basically just said that she wanted to lend support in any way she could as someone with a with a profile and with a voice and that she'd seen it get so much worse like during her lifetime during her time living in london she'd noticed that in recent years the numbers of people she'd been seeing on the streets were just rising and um one of the things our campaign's doing is um the first tranche of money is going to be funding projects for, towards helping homeless women because they're often a sort of ignored group in the homelessness conversation because they're often either invisible homeless so they're not seen because they will stay in abusive relationships or end up sleeping on sofas or anything to avoid actually ending up on the streets and being then op vulnerable to the worst things that can happen to anyone um and so yeah so we asked we asked dame helen about that and she talked about seeing homeless women and how it particularly like touched her heart because yeah she just she just speaks very poetically, and um, she then read a bedtime story to the crowd that was her favourite, and that was when you saw it all really come alive because the whole crowd just kind of didn't they they kind of just stopped and they were just like <sighs> watching and they kind of couldn't really believe it was happening and it was there because because at the time it didn't feel like Trafalgar Square was packed so it felt like you had this tiny audience and it was just everyone random people just standing there being a bit cold watching this kind of. <laughs> amazing performance. It's quite an old favourite, although I had never read it before. But then when I said, I think I'll read that, they said, oh yes, we know that story. It's an old American story from the turn of the century um, about, about Christmas, about giving at Christmas time. So I thought it'd be a nice, it's a very sweet story. And yeah, then a couple of musicians gave some great performances. It was Tom Walker? Tom right. Walker, yeah, Jake Berg, Jake Berg. Travis, Rag and Bone Man. Yes, yeah. um, but Tom Walker gave this brilliant um, performance of Leave the Light On. Leave a light on? Leave the light yeah. <laughs> He gave a great performance of it and it was it was really powerful because it was written, he, he talked actually on stage about how it was written for a friend of his that he'd kind of lost to drugs or almost lost to drugs and it kind of felt very relevant to what was being done. It was just really powerful hearing that around Trafalgar Square in that context. And the idea was to, to raise money. Do we know how much has been raised? Yeah, it's been over, well, they raised over £800,000 overall just in London on that one night. And over, around half of that will go to be shared between five charities that are part of the group that we're supporting. Um, so that will be money that goes to support frontline projects.
that genuinely help Londoners in the yeah. capital. But it's also a big global movement. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's happening in sort of 51 other cities across the world. Um, and so collectively, they're trying to help about a million homeless people all over the world. So it, half the funds are going to domestic charities, so the ones that Naomi just mentioned, and then the rest will be going to international groups like UNICEF, places like that. Um, and so we know that they've raised like 10 million so far, mm. at least globally, just from Saturday, um, but they're hoping to raise up to 40 million pounds. Yeah. And there were big names performing elsewhere, so Will Smith was in New York. Um, he looked hilarious, did you see the video? He was yeah, like yeah. full on like putting his arm around Josh Littlejohn, who was the founder of the big speaker. <laughs> yeah. And Josh Littlejohn looked like he couldn't quite believe that he was in the situation <laughs> yeah, yeah. with Will Smith, who kept like being like, mate, you're doing this, and it was it was great. The event was raising money for charities supported by the Evening Standard's Homeless Appeal and you can donate to that online. Go to standard.co.uk slash homeless fund. And that's the leader. Subscribe to make sure you get yours delivered at 4pm every weekday. We're back tomorrow.